First Kings chapter 19, please. First Kings chapter 19. And normally I've got PowerPoint slides up with all the verses, but tonight you're going to have to find that verse in your phone or your, or your Bible, the real one, the, the paper one. I even brought mine tonight. But there's a, there's a reason for that because I'm actually going to preach from a footnote tonight. What's the title of my message anyway? First Kings 19. I've been parked in First Kings, just the story of Elijah, uh, for months now, just reading, just meditating over and over and over and over. And I've been crying out to God, God, where are the miracles of Elijah? For months and months, I've been fasting and praying. And, and if anybody, I suppose, has the right to ask that, you know, God heal me of arthritis. I was a cripple when I was 17. That's another story for another message, so I won't go into it. But I was crippled for a period of 12 months, just absolutely crippled with arthritis, and God miraculously healed me. So I've seen the miracles of God, but lately I've been crying out to God, God, where are the miracles of Elijah? Where are the miracles of Elijah? We know Elijah's story, so I've been reading from 1 Kings um, 17, or just back in 16, where the Bible talks about Ahab, King Ahab being the most wicked king that was... Um, the king of all time in Israel, and how, you know, we know the story of Elijah, how he pronounced the drought, Ahab and, Je and Queen Jezebel wanted his head, God provided for him, provided food and water, provided a, a widow, and then Elijah challenged the, the prophets at Mount Carmel, there were four, 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah, there were 850 prophets all told, where he said to the people, Prepare two bulls, one for me and one for these prophets, one for the false prophets. And he set out a challenge and said, you know, whoever, whoever is the Lord or whoever's God is the God or whoever's God is God, let him be your God. Yeah. The people said absolutely nothing. So he went on and said, prepare the, the bull for sacrifice and you know, prepare the altar, prepare the wood and and let's say whoever's God answers with fire, let him be God. All the people thought that was good. They all agreed. And so as we read through, we see that God answered by fire. The, the prophets cut themselves. The prophets of Baal cut themselves. Nothing happened all afternoon. Finally, it was Elijah's turn and God answered by fire. Then we see that uh, the, they took all the prophets down to the valley and they slaughtered them all. And then... Ahab said to, uh, sorry, um, Elijah said to Ahab, you better get going because there's rain coming. And we see that the Spirit of the Lord enabled him to run faster and, and outrun the chariot. And he saw this. And then, you know, Queen Jezebel decided that, well, she was already angry with Elijah for many years, but she was so angry with him, she wanted his head. And we pick up the story in verse, uh, verses 3 to 5 of 1 Kings 19, where Elijah was so afraid for his life. 1 Kings 19, 3 to 5, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life when he came to Beersheba in Judah. Now, Beersheba, remember not so many days ago, I think on the 31st of October, we've just had that 100-year celebration of the 4th Light Horse Brigade from Australia that went and fought and defended Israel from the uh, Ottoman Turks. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die after seeing all the miracles of God, after seeing God's hand yeah. and God answer with this fire. Yeah. 
He said, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. In other words, my ancestors that are in the grave, I might as well be dead. I might as well be with them. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. Let me read to you a footnote out of the NIV, the New International Version. I can get my glasses because it's in very small print. It says here, and this is the title of my message, it says here, Elijah concluded that his work was fruitless and consequently that life was not worth living anymore. He had lost his confidence in the triumph of the kingdom of God and he was, ready for this, withdrawing from the arena of conflict. Elijah was withdrawing from the arena of conflict. Can we have the PowerPoint slides, please? The title of my message tonight is Withdrawing from the Arena of, Con- of Conflict. I've got to look over my glasses. Withdrawing from the arena of conflict. However, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I had many different titles for this message. I even called it Conflict, mes- conflict Management. Greater is he that is in you. I called it many different things, but... You know, withdrawing from the area of conflict, uh, from the arena of conflict, question mark, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When Elijah ran away, he ran away from God's provision. He ran away from God's protection. He ran away from God's provision, food and water, and he ran away from God's protection from Ahab and from Jezebel. But you see... We know that quote and we know that um, it's not a scripture but it's a quote written on many walls. The grace of God, uh, sorry, the will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot sustain you. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot sustain you. Jesus tells us in John chapter 16 and verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me, you, ha- you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble yeah. at the checkout, the lolly checkout that Pastor James was talking about. I have to disagree with you there. It's not that we can't have trouble. Jesus said we will have trouble. However, we can avoid some trouble at the checkout. In this world, you will have trouble, trials, sorrows, and anguish. But take heart, said Jesus, I have overcome the world. Again, in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Withdrawing from the area of conflict, so many times, and I even speak personally about this, so many times we want to withdraw and just give up on, from the arena of conflict. Life itself can be an arena of conflict. Everything sometimes that we face and we do, there's con- there seems like conflict and the enemy wants us to give up. He wants us to just throw our hands in the air and give up trusting God. Give up sometimes even on life itself. Yeah. However, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you tonight and we just honour you, Lord, in our word and our deed. Father, it's so easy to give up and and the enemy wants us to give up so many times and over and over he brings conflict and even just like Elijah, Lord, he just wanted to give up and, and just lay down and die. But Father, we thank you that 
Lord, your will will never leave us, lead us where the, your grace cannot sustain us. And I thank you, Lord. You've called us to do many things. And Lord, even today, right now today, Lord, we know that you're not finished with us. We know that you're not finished your work in and through us, that you have, Lord, a, a greater plan for us from this day forward. And Lord, we're not to give up. We're not to lay down and die. We're not to withdraw from the arena of conflict, but Lord, you want us to get up and go on and take up your calling, finish the race and fight the good fight. We just ask you for your strength, for your provision, Lord, and for your, your guidance and your leading as we come around your word tonight. Amen. 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 The first, is that working? I've got three points up there. Normally I've got lots of slides, but I'm just going to leave you with a couple tonight. That's all my points, the three points. So the first point I've got is kingdom vision. We need to have kingdom vision. Lord, open our eyes to see. When we face the arena of conflict, when we face the enemy's trials, temptations, anguish, sorrow, pain in our lives, we need to ask God, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes to see what you're doing. So many times it's so easy just to give up and think, God, where are you? I've said that many times lately. God, where are you? What is your will? Where's your help? Where's your provision? Where's your uh, sustenance? Where's, Lord, where are you? But he, he just wants us to spend time and come aside with him and pray, Lord, open my eyes to trust you, to see what you are doing. Now, if I told you a joke, you probably wouldn't believe me. See, two guys went into a bar. Well, actually, that's not true. Four lepers went into a bar. And when they walked into the bar, it was happy hour. And so they walked into this bar and maybe the people saw them coming because there was nobody in there. It was happy hour right on dusk. And so the meals were all prepared. There was so much food for them. They had been outcasts from this community for year after year after year. And here's all this food. Here's all this drink. And look at that. The till was even open. So they ate, they drank, they made themselves merry, and they helped themselves to the till. The joke is, I guess, that they decided that in all this providence that they should share it with somebody. They should share it with their community. And back in, or sorry, over in... um, 1 Kings chapter 17, we find a story about this. 2 Kings chapter 7. For the Lord had caused the Arameans at Syria, the Lord had caused the Syrians to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to each other, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to come and attack us. In this story in, in First Kings, this is, um, uh, sorry, in Second Kings chapter 7, this is now Elisha, the prophet who took over from um, Elijah. And the city of Samaria was under siege by the king Ben-Hadad, who was the king of Aram or the king of Syria, modern-day Syria. And he laid siege to the city. And so the people were starving. There was a drought, there was a famine. And four lepers who had been put out of the city decided that their fate rested in a chance that maybe they could die with food in their stomachs. If they just went to the enemy's camp of Aram, if they just went over there, maybe they would take pity on them and 
they would feed them. They might kill them, they might put them out, but they had a chance that maybe they could not die hungry like the rest of Israel were just about to. And so when they went into the camp, lo and behold, the whole army had disappeared, leaving food, leaving water, probably wine, leaving clothing, leaving gold and silver. And these four lepers decided that this was Christmas. So they went and buried some gold and silver. They took the clothing. They stuffed themselves full. And all of a sudden they realized, hey, we should go and share this with Israel. The whole community that have put us out because we're lepers, we should share this with this community. And so, you know, interestingly enough, the, the whole army heard this great army greater than themselves. They heard this noise of a great army coming, so they fled and left everything. It was the same army that Elisha's servant had seen in the previous chapter 6 when the Syrian army had come to get him for revealing the plans of ambush to the king of Israel. In 2 Kings chapter 6, this king Ben-Hadad kept making plans to ambush the Israelite people and the Israelite army, and so he would wait. But God was revealing these plans to Elijah, Elisha, sorry, and so he would go to the king of Israel and say, don't go this way because there's an ambush set for you. And so time after time after time after time, the, the Israelite army would not go that way. And so this king Ben-Hadad of Syria decided somebody in my, in my chamber, somebody even in my bedroom is listening to my conversation about my plans to ambush. How come? And so he realized that God was revealing these things to the prophet Elisha. So he had a, a price on his head and he sent all these, uh, some of his army or, or he sent, he actually followed them to take off Elisha's head because he was revealing his plans to the king. And so this army comes to uh, get Elisha. And so, you know, as they came, Elisha prayed and, and his servant was uh, very afraid. And he prayed and Elisha said to him in 2 Kings 6, 16 to 17, Don't be afraid, he said. Open your eyes. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he might see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You know, when this army came to get Elisha, he prayed that the Lord would blind them. Close their eyes, Lord. Let them not see. They were wandering around. Elisha went and led them into Samaria, into, with, within the gates of Samaria. And he said, Lord, now open their eyes. And they opened their eyes and they were surrounded by the Israelite people. And so, you know, God closed their eyes and then God opened his eyes. But likewise with the servant, you know, he was so afraid and, and Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes. And so that statement that Elisha makes you know, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. When we face that arena of conflict, God is on our side. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Those who are with you are greater than those who are against you. You know, do we withdraw? Greater is he that is in you. Lord, 
Open our eyes to see your kingdom and your plans in our situation, in our conflict, Lord. Open my eyes. May we see what God is doing. My second point, be strong and courageous for I am with you, said the Lord. After Moses died, the Lord came to Joshua and he said, as, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Joshua was told and he was called that he would lead the people into the promised land. Joshua 1 verses 6 to 9, three times the Lord told him, be strong and courageous in verse 9. Uh, sorry, in, in verse 6, be strong and courageous. Again in verse 7, be strong and very courageous. In verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. There were a few conditions with that. Joshua was told that he must obey, he and the people must obey, meditate and speak God's word as the law was given to Moses. There was a promise that no one would be able to stand up against him all the days of his life. As I was with Moses, said the Lord, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You will be prosperous and successful wherever you go. I'd like to say that's the, that's the word of the Lord tonight for us. Yeah. You know, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As long as we're fighting the good fight, running the race set before us and the conflict the arena of conflict that we find ourselves in is not something that we just go and do on our own, but it's the thing that God has called us to do. You know, there's a thing, I suppose you could say, an area, a place of unnecessary conflict. Sometimes we can enter into an arena of conflict when we are not supposed to. Are we obeying the Word of God are we sure God spoke to us in this area or are we just blaming God for something that was our idea? You know, God told me to do this. God told me to come and say this to you. God, are we picking battles that we shouldn't even be fighting? If we are, then God won't help us in those. We need to make sure that we are in the conflicts and in the arena of conflict that God has placed us in where the enemy sees us as a threat you know, I've met some different people, I should say. I've met some people in different places who claim that God has given them the ministry of rebuking, rebuking the pastor, rebuking the church, rebuking. You know, God doesn't call people to a ministry of rebuking. Pastor James would know even some years ago, there was a guy that was writing letters to all the COC pastors and all the AOG pastors and just rebuking them, claiming to be a prophet, just rebuking. You know, we can foolishly enter into the arena of conflict that God has not called us to. We need to know that God has called us. You know, Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its laborers labor in vain, or its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Come on, the will of God will never leave you, lead you sorry, where the grace of God cannot sustain you. The will of God will never lead you where the grace of God cannot sustain you. Have we got that audio clip 
Jeff, I'd just like to play just this little audio clip from YouTube, Winston Churchill, Never Give In. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Never give in. Never give in. Never, 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 never. In nothing great or small, large or petty, never give in. Except to convictions of honour and good sense, never yield to force, never yield to the apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. You know, later on in Joshua, Joshua 5, verses 13 and 14, Joshua had just um, taken the army or or taken the people of Israel through um, the River Jordan, I think it was. And, you know, the Israelite people then were ones who had been born in the desert. They were not circumcised. And so God asked him to circumcise the men, to honour the covenant that God had set between Uh, himself and Abraham and so just after he did that Joshua was looking in the distance and here was a man with a sword drawn standing in front of him Joshua 5 13 to 14 he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand Joshua went up to him and asked are you for us or are you for our enemies neither he replied But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground and worshipped him. There's been a lot of discussion. Was this an angel? Was this a theophany? Was it a Christophany? Was it uh, Jesus in the flesh, the Son of God? And, you know, usually angels didn't accept worship. My um, belief in this and and, and my feeling and, and from what I've read and from what I've seen This was Emmanuel, God with us. It was Jesus himself standing in front of him, God the Son, standing in front of Joshua because he claimed, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Earlier, Joshua was told, be strong and courageous, be not afraid, for I am with you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Withdrawing, greater is he that is in you, be strong and courageous. My third point, Jesus, name above all names. Do we know about Jesus or do we know the name of Jesus? Do we know that we know that we know the name of Jesus or is it just a name like any other name? The Bible tells us over and over again, his name is higher than any other name. In Acts 19, verses 13 to 17, some Jews went around driving out evil spirits. They tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil, pre- uh, sorry, one day the evil, evil spirit 
answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living there in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honour. Do we know the name of Jesus? Is Jesus living inside us through the power of the Holy Spirit? Or is Jesus just another name? Paul states that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. His name is higher than any other name in heaven and on earth and even under the earth. He is the name above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess him as Lord to the glory of the Father. That at the name of Jesus, my Lord, my Saviour and my King, every knee will bow. At the name of Jesus, demons will flee. At the name of Jesus, by his stripes you will be healed. At the name of Jesus, death is swallowed up in victory. The Bible says that in that great and wonderful day, the earth itself will give up the dead to be forever in his presence. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus, my Lord, my Saviour, and my King. And he makes intercession for his saints who he loves and whose side he is on, the army, uh, the captain of the army of hosts. He is so gloriously called by name, those of us with our names written in the Lamb's book of life. Are we withdrawing? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. His name is the name above all names. His name is Jesus. Philippians 2, 9 to 11. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can I have the musicians, please? Matthew 10 and verse 1. He called his 12 disciples to him and gave them the authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and every sickness in his name. The name of Jesus, my Lord, my Saviour, my friend, my King. He's closer than a brother. You know, I could tell you so many stories about the name of Jesus just bringing peace to me. As I was, just very quickly, when I was a child, I used to suffer with fevers. I don't know. My mum could probably tell me what, what they were from. I don't know. But in these fevers, that I had like night terrors. I had dreams and they were... So, such evil dreams, and I knew that it was the enemy of God. I was only very small, but I knew that the enemy of God wanted my life. And, and she used to say, I'd sit up with my eyes, she said, as big as saucers, sit up in a sweat, sit up with a fever, very sick. And she would say, David, say the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. And I would be so scared, but as soon as I could utter the name of Jesus, she said, I just was peaceful, and I just went back to sleep. The fever had gone. The fever was broken immediately. 
time and time again, you know, when the enemies come to me during my life and even wanted me to give up on the arena of life itself, the arena of conflict. So many times and so many situations, you know, I've just wanted to give up on life and even made plans to take my own life. And I've had that conviction, say the name of Jesus. Say the name, not just any other name, not somebody else's Lord, but my Lord and Savior. Say the name of Jesus. And every time that I can come to that place of saying the name of Jesus, 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 peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding. The peace of God. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. As I finish back to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 5 to 21. Elijah, Elijah, sorry wanted to withdraw from the area of conflict. God, I give up on life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Take my life. I want to give it up. Fell into a deep sleep or fell into a sleep. We read on from there that the angel then woke him up or, or he woke up with a bit of a fright. There's an angel standing in front of him. Hot bread baked on the coals and water. Elijah had run away from the provision of God, but here it was again, food and water. The angel said to him, Arise and eat, for the journey is too much for you. He rose, he ate, he drank, he went back to sleep. The angel woke him up again. Arise and eat again, the journey is too much for you. And so he arose and ate, and the angel led him on this journey, 40 days and 40 nights, where did Elijah end up? He ended up at Mount Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, the same place where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And it says he went to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. You know, when it was too much for him, when he felt like giving up, and when we feel like giving up, God wants us to come again into his presence. He wants us to meet with him as Elijah met with God on that mountain, as he went there. And you know, here was, was these, a demonstration of God's power. We read that, you know, there was a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. There was an earthquake and a great wind, but God wasn't in those things. But there came a still small voice and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Then he, had, he outlaid his plan for Elijah and said, go and anoint Elisha to succeed you. Go and anoint this one as king. Go and anoint that. You know, he still had a plan. Elijah wanted to give up. He was withdrawing from the arena of conflict, but God still had a plan. And I want to say to each and every one of you tonight, and I'm preaching to myself also, when we feel like giving up, when we feel like withdrawing from that arena, when it's all too hard, we don't want to face the enemy anymore, meet with God. Meet with God. Go to that place, the mountain of God. Go to that place where he speaks to you. For he wants to outlay his plans and his ideas for you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, as we've come around your word tonight, so many times we want to give up. So many times we want to just get out of that ring. Just, uh, Lord, walk away from the race. Finish, not even continue the fight, Lord. We want to withdraw. But Lord, I thank you that greater are you within us, Lord, than anything, anybody that is in the world. 
Lord, and I thank You. Help us to withdraw, Lord, into Your presence, not withdraw away from the conflict, withdraw away from life. Help us to withdraw into Your presence so that You can speak to us afresh. Lord, You can bring Your calling back to us. You can bring, your, your, Lord, Your plans of destiny back to us again and again and again. And Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that You would help us, each and every one, to withdraw, not from life, not from the conflict, but, Lord, to withdraw into Your presence so that we might hear that still, small voice. I pray this in Jesus' name.